Coming up on today's episode, the latest Disney news, including some big promotions over at Pixar, and Disney might finally be using their massive wealth and land for some good over in Florida. We're also taking on round one brackets three and four of our best Pixar movie bracket. All that and more, plus our featured film discussion on those Callaways on today's Plus or Bust. Welcome to episode 74 of Plus or Bust, a Disney podcast where each week we watch a random movie on Disney Plus and decide whether we would recommend it a plus or not a bust. My name is Matt and joining me today are my co-hosts, my sister, Nikki. Hello. My brother, Brady. Hello. And my wife, Chris. Present. Present. How's things? Everyone, how's everyone doing? Good, great, fantastic. Tired. Tired. What do you got to be tired? Hmm. I have a one-year-old that barely slept last night. So oh, that's what I'm tired for. Oh, good. Is he sick, or he just didn't want to sleep? I think he might have been cold. Cold. Not have a cold. Just was cold. No, not have a cold. Just was cold. Just yes. was chilly. Is that possible? This house is like 800 degrees. I like it cold. I do too, but not when he's naked. Oh, well. Give him some blankets. Give him some PJs. I put a blanket on him. He fell asleep and I didn't want to disrupt him, so. Mm. Shame. Yeah. <sighs> what was that sigh for? Yeah. I don't. What's wrong? She wants to get to the movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she does. She really wants to talk about this movie. All right, well, let's move on to the news. Or unless somebody wants to gripe, do you have a gripe? I did have a gripe. What did I say it was? Mm. I just said it yesterday. I said, "Oh, that dumb ad for oh. Disneyland." That's my gripe because okay. it showed World of Color next to the Main Street. Right mm. now, that's not the gripe. The gripe is that like we're advertising things that already existed. As if they're new. It's annoying. People My other gripe is well, that when we go back on May 20th, I thought I was in the clear. I thought we had picked a good weekend. And then I realized that not only our World of Color, Phantasmic, the Parade, and the stupid Bruno thing are all going to be going on at the same time. So we have to Phantasmic isn't Phantasmic isn't that weekend. Phantasmic doesn't come until the next weekend. May 28th. Oh, Nikki told me mid-May, so... May and Memorial Day, end of May. Whatever. No. No, I told you that it was coming at the end of May. No, you said mid May. I, I told you. you said... I told you mid May. Oh, okay. Well, some whatever, whatever. Okay, that's one less thing I have. To Apologize, worry about. Nikki. It's also sorry, Nikki. It's also a grad night that night. Oh no! So that fucking sucks. Oh, yeah, that's the real issue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all those teenagers. Oh, no. That's just a lot of stuff to dodge, and then DCA is going to close early, so that means Disneyland is going to be even more crowded, and I just am not looking forward to it. Luckily, just... there's not one on Sunday, so, like, that's cool. The thing about that ad... But it's still a Sunday, so... I just want to take Aubrey out of school and go during the week. <laughs> nope. The thing about that yeah. ad is... Uh, I guarantee you more people are excited about those things than the new things that they introduced at... Walt Disney World. You think people are more excited about Main Street For the return of the Main Street Electrical Parade and World of Color than Enchantment or Harmonious? Oh, yes. I thought you meant... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy? No, yeah. I meant Enchantment or Harmonious. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Even I'm more excited about the Main Street Electrical Parade than Enchantment. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, they... More people are going to be looking forward to the return of those things. I bet you the return of Phantasmic in Hollywood Studios will be more exciting for people. Yeah, I think so too. Either yeah, harmonious either or enchantment. Yep, yep. yep. So, well, yeah, I'm mad Phantasmic wasn't there when we were there. Apparently, it's great. They keep saying it's coming back, and it's going to have it's a whole just new great, seat. Because the seating is just manageable. You don't have to get there three hours ahead of time. I don't. I, it's not better than ours, but it might be now that they're changing it. Who knows? I think it is better than this. it is not. It is not better than wow. Disneyland's. I will calm, fight you. Calm down. First of all, second of all, I've never seen Florida, but. 
is something you have to take into account. Okay, and being able I don't to sit have to is fine, but fight the crowd. It's not in the most congested area in Disneyland. It doesn't make it impossible to go into an area. It's, it's in more, the back. It's more intimate at Disneyland. Oh my God. It's, well, you know what? It's better. Here's the thing. No. Here's the fucking oh, thing. No. Disneyland is too small. I mean, it's too crowded to be intimate with anything. Don't give me that. Fantasmic. Intimate. Fantasmic at Disneyland is better. It you also, know it's it also, all of them? It also didn't have 25... World of color. It also didn't have 25 minutes of Pocahontas. Which now Florida's won't either, so... Have they changed it to, like, Moana or something? It's supposed to be Moana. Frozen. It's Moana and Frozen. And Aladdin, I think. What is... Wait, what? I remember now. The What's... Florida version of Fantasmic is going to have a new scene when it comes back. And the artwork for it showed stuff from Moana, Frozen, and Aladdin. Well, I mean, they added Aladdin to ours. Yeah, well, the supposedly they're replacing one scene with those three things, and the only scene I can see them replacing is the Pocahontas scene, which is also the only scene that's long enough to fit three more scenes inside of it, so. Makes sense. The Pocahontas scene in Fantasmic is, it's a slog. Like, it's cool when they're, like, swinging around on the rocks, and then it just keeps going, and going, and going, and going. Get going. Uh, fantastic is better here. Anyway, Florida's supposed to be doing some like testing for fireworks in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, like next week. Like a new fireworks? No, they're just testing. They say it's routine fireworks testing. What, what are you doing? Mean, routine? What does that That's mean? what they said. They would, What do they need to routine tech, fire, test fireworks? They shoot fireworks off every night. They're testing routine fireworks after park close. Okay. In like a week. I don't know. That's it. That's the story. That is all that Disney said. But people are hopeful that it means that something is changing. Uh, that's how they really went back to the 50th anniversary. I mean, Get rid of enchantment. Yeah. Quite literally. All right. Well, speaking of Walt Disney World winning back the 50th anniversary, let's talk about some parks news. Starting with Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. It officially has an opening date. May 27th. The date everybody knew was going to be the official opening date. Uh, that is when it will open in Epcot. Uh, supposedly, they're going to be doing a whole bunch of preview days before that. Cast member previews, annual pass holder previews, press previews. Uh, 20,000 previews. D23, like, member previews. There's going to be uh, Club 33. There's supposed to be previews for everyone. Everyone is going to be able to preview this ride. Everyone will have ridden this ride within the next month before it even opens. So... Which is cool because then it makes it better on the people who, like the guests, the well, average guests well, who are going. They're probably trying to ease some pressure off of Memorial Day weekend. Epcot's already out of reservations for that entire weekend anyway. So, might work, it might not. So, if you're excited for Guardian of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, uh, you can't go on <laughs> May 27th, but you can go. I'm not excited about it because we can't really. Mm-hmm. I know there was somebody on um, Twitter complaining about it. Complaining about what? Like, people going to Disney, to Epcot for the opening day or whatever. And I'm just like, I I don't care what people do with their time. (laughs) Why would anybody care? I don't understand if you're not going. Let them them enjoy themselves. Like, if that's what they want to do for their day, then just let them do it. What... What did they expect people to not go on opening day? Yeah, Yeah, I don't remember what the tweet exactly was. Let me see if I can find it. Sounds like somebody just being dumb. Yeah, people are, the whole situation is stupid. People are mad about it. Just its whole existence frustrates people. Uh, They'll all be there opening weekend. And then they'll continue to ride it for the rest of all time. So whatever, who cares? It's going to be a cool ride. People are excited for it. I'm excited for it. Who knows when I'll ride it? Because I never want to go back to Walt Disney World ever again. But we'll see. (laughs) Ever again? I already want to go back. You, I know. I'm tr- I'm I'm trying to go do a day at Epcot in February just just to ride that. You're all insane. You're all insane. I mean, that's what we did. We just went to Epcot when we before we went on our cruise. So. You're all insane. Yeah, I I suggested Epcot, and of course, Missy wants to do Magic Kingdom, but Magic Kingdom might have Tron by February. I doubt it. <gasps> this person, they said, wait, y'all want to go on opening day for a new Epcot ride? Yeah, why not? I mean, I wouldn't, but I mean, what? Obviously, people want to be the first to ride it. But they won't be not no. on opening day because <laughs> they'll be 
20 other days people have written it. But I mean, that's exciting. There's something exciting about that. I just can't imagine waiting. Like when Mission Breakout opened in uh, California Adventure, that was a new, that was like an old ride that they rethemed to a new ride. And people still waited like five hours to write it. So like, I can't imagine. Although I do suspect they haven't said it yet. Boarding groups. Boarding groups, yeah. I, they haven't said it yet, Ugh. but I I suspect it. They should just make it paid. They're going... Well, here's what they're going to do. They're going to do boarding groups and paid. And make it paid, yep. yeah. Pay to skip the line or get a boarding group. That's going to be your only two ways to write it, is my suspicion. I'd pay for it. They haven't said it yet. I expect it within the next month, but it's going to make a lot of people who have reservations for that day mad when they can't get on it. Anyway. Uh, that's exciting. Here's another uh, kind of nice little story that we got here. Uh, Walt Disney World has earmarked more than 80 acres of land on Disney property for the purposes of building affordable housing in Florida. The development, which is expected to include more than 1,300 units, will be constructed by a third-party affordable housing developer and will be located on Disney's land in southwest Orange County, Florida. It will offer Central Florida residents a variety of home choices that are affordable and attainable in a great part of town near schools and the new and expanding Flamingo Crossing Sound uh, Town Center Retail and Dining Complex. The development will be available for qualifying applicants in, our, in uh, the region, including Disney cast members. I'm the most qualified. You don't live in the region. I'm the most qualified. You don't live in the region. Nobody Nor is are more you a qualified cast member. than me. Nor are you a cast member. I'm qualified. Okay. So I I'm s- broke. I love Disney. Qualified. So I said <laughs> to Mabel, I said, so I said when they announced their stupid story living town that they were building, that the real thing they should have done, even if that was ultimately their goal, they should have announced that they were building affordable housing. Mm-hmm. That would have earned them a lot of goodwill. They heard you. No, I think, <laughs> I don't think they did. Because when you're Disney and you own a bunch of land and you have all the money in the world, the least you could do is some good with it and provide affordable housing, right? That's a great thing for them to do. So I think this is a good move. Now I am curious how long this has been in their mind. Are they PR stunt. Yes. Are they just announcing it to try to win some goodwill after a month of nothing but bad will? And also, even though I like that they're like, oh, cast members can have like first dibs and we're going to like you know, give it to cast members. Also, it's kind of them remarking that, oh, our cast members cannot afford to live (laughs) in normal houses. They have to live in affordable living houses. So maybe Disney pay your cast members more. Just saying. But in general, I think this is a good move. I think this is a good thing. I hope it actually happens. Disney loves to announce things and then not do it. And I get the feeling affordable housing might be one of the things that they just quietly cancel a year from now. But I don't know. I mean, maybe. But I, I, I like the idea of it. I like the I even like the even if it was just for cast members. I really like that idea because it just gives them so much more of a sense of community that they kind of care about their cast members. I like to think that they do somewhat kind of they I mean, if they really did, they would pay more. But I mean, that's just that's every business on the face of the planet. So. Sure. And all businesses but, I, I, I don't know. I I like the idea of it, and I think it's good. Good idea. And I will move to Florida now. No, I will not. No, I'm not going to move hot. into Florida. Florida is the worst. Florida is the worst. They're it's the worst. Very hot. Everyone hates Florida. It's pretty bad. Everyone hates Florida. It's pretty bad. Disney we World. don't talk about Florida. We try not to, but unfortunately, yeah. Disney does most of their business in Florida. So we don't have a choice. Never forget them. Walter Elias Disney? Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forgive him either. Glad he's dead. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! He'd be, I mean, that is somebody's dead, Lord and he'd Savior. Be he'd be about. dead by now anyway. He'd be dead anyway. I mean, yeah, he would, but Jesus. I'm just... Somebody's yeah, just that's a lot of people's lords. Okay, I don't mean to say mean things about Walt, even though, you know, he's, he's a complicated... Walt's a complicated he, he, Yeah, he's... He's complicated. He's not that great. He's a complicated man. Um, I respect him as an artist and a creative and a pioneer. Let's put it that way. Anyway, uh, Walt Disney wouldn't have built affordable housing. I, 
If you follow you and make a money, you might. That's true. Uh, ultimately, I think this is a good move. I do question Disney's motives for announcing it now. But, uh, yeah, I hope this goes through. I hope it works out. I hope they, you know, house a lot of people. 13, <laughs> 1,300 units, that's a lot. That's a lot. House a lot of people. And it's going to be on Disney property. So that's uh, fun. Uh, too bad the state of Florida wants to take back all of Disney's property. <laughs> State of Florida is the worst. I think they're just fucking talking out their ass, honestly. A lot of people that, think that. The, I mean, like, they want to come for Disney. Okay, sure. Disney has the bubble, right? Where they make all the money. Do you know how many people travel to Florida for Disney and stay somewhere else, stay in somebody's vacation home, eat at restaurants outside the park, stay at resorts outside the park? Do you know how many, the reason that any, the reason that Florida is a tourism giant is because of Disney. Like, people go for Disney. Like, they cannot think for two seconds that disrupting Disney's business doesn't mean disrupting the entire state of Florida's business. Like, they, they, they're not stupid. They're they just know. talking out their ass. They know. A lot of people said that because Ron DeSantis, when he was, like, said something about it or, like, asked about it, he wasn't as gung-ho as he normally is. Like, he normally is, he's just an asshole, so he just kind of is always, like, matter-of-fact about everything. And when they were talking about, like, the Disney thing, and it's like, well, we're looking into it. So he wasn't as, it seemed like he wasn't really considering it. They're just, they want Disney to kowtow to them, and they won't. Anyway, let's talk about Bruno. Because <laughs> we talk about Bruno at this podcast. This is not a Bruno shaving podcast. Uh, Encanto. Encanto is taking over Disneyland. For a limited time, beginning April 11th, the iconic facade of It's a Small World at Disneyland Park in Anaheim, California, will become enchanted several times each evening with a brief visual montage that pays tribute to the movie's hit song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. The musical delight comes to life so through, through projection and lighting effects and an artistic style inspired by the lyrics with select moments that feature characters from the film like the Madrigal's family Casita. Tiles across the It's a Small World facade flip, turn, and rearrange themselves as one scene transitions to the next, culminating in a celebratory chorus and a nod to Bruno's mysterious prophecy about Mirabelle. You can also currently meet Mirabelle on Frontierland, or in Frontierland, near the Rancho del Zacalo restaurant, and of course, Encanto will be featured on the new float for the Main Street Electrical Parade when it returns on April 22nd. So if you want to... Listen to We Don't Talk About Bruno over the Disney loudspeakers over by Small World. Uh, go for it. All this reminds me of is when Frozen came out and they were blindsided by how popular Frozen was and they did everything they could to stick it in the parks. Yeah, except for they're not even spending money on this. Well, they don't like to spend money now. There's a difference. When Frozen came out, they liked spending money. Mm. They were willing to. Mm. But Let It Go showed up in every show. Mm-hmm. There was a Frozen's like little stage show in the fantasy fair like they just they did everything the sing-along song that was supposed to be there for three months that's still in hollywood studios to this day soon to be replaced by encanto calling it now (laughs) anyway uh we don't talk about bruno it's i mean i'm sure they're doing some new visuals for it but to me it just sounds like they're just gonna play the song yeah and like the footage on the the thing that doesn't sound very that's not that's not particularly exciting I'm sure we would still try to see it, though. We, yes, I love that song. (laughs) Not you, because you are not going to be there. Well, I'll watch it on YouTube. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I'm done with Parks News. Uh, That's it. That was all the Parks News we had. Shocker. Yeah, Mm, nothing really exciting happening in the parks. Uh, So let's move on. Cosmic. Huh? Rewind would be more exciting if we hadn't didn't already know what the <laughs> opening date was. Also, it's been a million years since that ride was announced. So yeah, that yeah, that too. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 So let's move on to entertainment news. Uh, some big promotions are happening over at Pixar. Turning Red director Domi Shi and producer Lindsay Collins have been promoted to leadership roles at Pixar Animation Studios, according to Variety. Uh, Domi Shi has been named vice president of creative, joining uh, directors Andrew Stanton, Peter Son, and Dan Scanlon, who also carries that title, in guiding the studio's filmmakers on their own production as part of the famed Pixar Brain Trust. 
Collins has been named into a new position as Senior Vice President of Development. She will lead the development group of Pixar for features and streaming where current and upcoming filmmakers originate story ideas and shape them into movies for production. She will report to Pixar President Jim Morris and join the Creative VP team, which supports Chief Creative Officer Pete Docter in guiding the studio's creative direction. Domi Shi joined Pixar in 2011 and has worked for Pixar... Uh, and has worked for Pixar contributing as a storyboard artist for multiple films, including Inside Out, Incredibles 2, and Toy Story 4. Uh, she directed the 2018 short film Bao and the 2022 feature film Turning Red, becoming the first woman to direct a short film and then the first woman with sole director's credit on a feature film for Pixar. Lindsay Collins, on the other hand, has been with the Walt Disney Company for nearly three decades. <laughs> She co-produced WALL-E and has also worked on Finding Nemo, Toy Story 2, and A Bug's Life. Prior to Pixar, Collins worked at the Walt Disney Company on films such as Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Hercules. Wow. That's quite a resume. It is. So, good for them. Turning Red's great. So, I think it's great that they've promoted Domi Shi. She deserves it. She deserves all of it. Good for her. (laughs) Good for her. Pixar. The future of Pixar is very exciting because we're moving on past the laster age supposedly lightyear is the last film in production that he greenlit so after this it's all pete doctor and his team and i'm excited to see what they come up with what they come up with because we're in a very exciting time for pixar so looking forward to it good for them Ooh, following pixar news we have some muppet news are we excited for muppet news this just happened today it's exciting muppet news uh taj maori of smart guy hounded and the poof point fame is set to join Muppets Mayhem, the newest Muppet project for Disney+. Plus. It's funny. During that Hounded episode, I asked, like, what's up with Taj Maori? What's he doing? Where is he? What's he up to? Apparently, he's a Muppet. He's, I think he'd be really good with the Muppets because he's good at physical comedy. So I think that he's going to be great in that show with the Muppets. Yeah. So Maori will star as Gary Moog Mugowski. Described as a lovably awkward, diehard superfan of the band, he loyally follows them from gig to gig. Moog is an avid audiophile who knows his way around a mixing board. Since he is a walking encyclopedia of the band, he's often able to offer advice or guidance to Nora when she's having trouble wrangling, communicating with, or even understanding them. As Moog continues to work closely with Nora, he begins to hope that maybe she'll see him less as a goofy sidekick and more as a leading man. Cute. Of course. Good to know he's still playing a dork. So he's Walter. Sure. No, I guess so. I mean, he's a human, Walter. He'll be, yeah. he'll be a human. He... But Wal- Walter came on as the super fan who wanted to follow him wherever they went. And then he did until they retired him. Yeah, exactly. Until they were like, we don't like this guy anymore. Can we just not use him? Yeah. Or Walter. He was on Muppets Rip now. Walter. He was on Muppets now, like twice. Like twice. Yeah. Oh, and he, he, never, he never made it onto the primetime sitcom. No, he was never on that show. I had heard that they were planning on introducing him in season two, but, you know. What's a season two? Yeah, that show didn't even get a full first season, let alone a season two. Uh, but yeah, anyway, this is exciting. I like Taj Maori. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything as an adult, but now I can see him hang out with the Electric Mayhem. My favorite Muppets. My favorite smart guy and my favorite Muppets together at last. That was smart guy. Those are my all-time favorites. I still quote that movie. I mean, that show. Well, all right. Other than that, written down here, let's see, I have uh, Morbius sucks and isn't (laughs) doing very well. Uh, Sony's Marvel, I guess, Spider-Man universe film, Morbius the Living Vampire, you know the one, is delayed seven times. Uh, It came out, got really bad reviews, and is not doing very good at the box office. Uh, I expect it to get trampled by Sonic the Hedgehog 2 this weekend. So, uh, rest in peace, Morbius. <laughs> Everything I've read about it has just been a disaster. And I've seen the, the fucking the after credit scene leaked online. It has some of the worst written dialogue I've ever heard in my entire life. It's, whew, it's real bad. Uh, it seems like that movie just exists to set up other movies that Sony hopes that they can make. <laughs> and if this one doesn't do very good, who knows if they'll be allowed to do it. Uh, other than that, this last thing I have written down is for me and me only. Great. Um, Disney Mirrorverse. You know, the weird Disney crossover game with the weird characters and their cool armor. Yes, I've sent, we talked about it forever ago. Uh, it finally has a release date. Okay. It comes oh, out June. Good. It comes out June 23rd, uh, 2022. You sound genuinely excited. And also, I am excited for that move or that game now because Frank 
from the Jungle Cruise is in it. Yes, so. they have revealed that Frank from the Jungle Cruise uh, is in it. Anyway, I'm going to read the description that they get. It's very short. In this all-new, visually stunning adventure, players will assemble a team of powerful guardians that have been exclusively crafted and imagined for Mirrorverse. Unrelenting forces threaten to take over this alternate reality, and the players must get ready for battle, defeat an evil threat, and embark on a journey to defend the Mirrorverse. I'm looking forward to it, even though I know it's going to be filled with gross microtransactions. It's probably going to be a game that mostly just plays itself. Probably just hit a button, and then they do things, and then that's probably it. That's probably the game. They're going to want me to pay for everything. I'm going to have, like, five characters, and they're going to want me to pay for the rest. I'm going to feel bad about myself for playing it. But I am going to play it because those designs are so wild. They're so wild. Frank is not that wild. He's just got, like, a weird grass arm. Like a vine arm. That's it. He's not... He doesn't look that wild. But the rest of them look crazy. Sully in the armor. Blue with like the plane <laughs> propeller that he smacks people. Yeah, Those are the two best ones. Yeah. In my opinion. I think blue is the best one. Yeah. Um, they also revealed Eve from Wally, but she's got like really long arms. I don't like I don't like how Eve looks at all. But anyway. I don't, I don't remember seeing that one. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know why they decided to like. The, only, the, the only thing they did to her is give her long arms. Like, yeah, she just extended her arms, and Mike is in, like, a mech. Well, Mike doesn't bother me, but she, she's very, she's very strange. Yeah, and Frank just has, like, a weird glowing arm. Like, there's nothing particularly exciting about Frank. Anyway, Mirrorverse. I'm excited for it. I can tell everybody else in the room is excited for it by the fact that nobody's talking. So, so excited. Mm. I can't say I'm going to play this a day in my life. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Your loss. You've been playing a game this whole time, so. Anyway, the news is over. Mm-hmm. We are going to move on to our Pixar, best Pixar movie bracket. Uh-oh. We're on round one. We're going to be doing brackets three and four. Last week, it was Soul versus A Bug's Life and Soul won. And Wally versus Cars 3 and obviously Wally won. Sorry, Cars 3. Obviously Wally won. This week... The first bracket kind of breaks my heart, but it has to be done. We have Up, 2009's Up, versus 2010's Toy Story 3. That's fucked up. (laughs) That's easy. Up. (laughs) I do like Toy Story 3 a lot, but... My rule of thumb this this for this bracket is no Toy Story movie. That's not fair. Vote with your heart, Kristen. Not your, no, I think not I genuinely anger. do like Up better than Toy Story 3. I think Toy Story 3 is a good movie. I think it's the best of the Toy Story movies. But I like Up better, personally, than Toy Story 3. Up has one of the best ten minutes, opening ten minutes of any movie ever. Mm-hmm. So depressing. Um, I love Up a lot. Like, a whole lot. But I do think, you know, it's a little bit weaker the more it gets into the movie. The villain kind of is lame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, as the movie goes on, it does get weaker. And Toy Story 3 is kind of opposite. The longer it goes on, the better it gets. Yes. Uh, Toy Story 3 is my favorite movie of all time. So, it has, I have to pick Toy Story 3. I just have to. I uh, Toy Story 3 is just a... It was just such a surprising movie at the time it came out because it's like it was the first one that was ordered by Disney once they officially bought Pixar. When Iger bought Pixar, it was the first one that they were like, hey, we were already going to make a Toy Story 3 anyway. Can you guys like do this? And so they made Toy Story 3 and just like the directions it goes in is just that incinerator scene. Oh, yeah. We just watched it not that long ago. It's just incredible. Like you don't expect the movie to go to that place and it's just the fact that it goes from like a jail breakout <laughs> movie like it's literally like a jail movie of them trying to get out of the daycare to them ending up at a garbage dump fearing for their lives it's just a, that movie's wild I I love it I love Toy Story 3 I think it's the best one so I'm voting for Toy Story 3 I'm also voting for Toy Story 3 Brady you're the only one who hasn't voted yet uh, Toy Story 3 I love Up. Toy, Toy Story 3, I think, is better, even though it's not at all the best Toy Story. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Matt. Um, but it's it's definitely so better the than Up. I think my favorite is 2. So. 
Yeah, no, Personally. two is two is the best. It is a shame that Up is kicked out of this tournament so quickly, but that's just the way that it goes. Because I feel like Up would be in a lot of people's top five. I think a lot of people like Up too. It's only become more popular, but Up moves on. Or uh, sorry, Up is out. Toy Story three moves on. Uh, this next one, I don't think is as hard. Is the battle of particular possibly unnecessary sequels we have monsters university versus finding dory finding dory thousand times over finding dory finding dory is better than anything monsters inc university does for hank alone (laughs) hank is a great character and the oh my god what's what's his face's character the whale oh ty burrell bailey Yeah. yeah so funny i love i love finding dory the best thing about monsters university is the ending i like the ending of monsters university a lot i think it has a pretty good message i I think i think it has a really strong scene between sully and mike at the end and i think the message is good i do think the message is a little undermined when during the end credits they're just like well they end up getting their dream jobs anyway (laughs) Um, so it is a little undermined but i'm also going to give it to finding dory i like finding dory better i think it's Monsters University being a prequel. Yeah, why is... Th- no reason. Stupid. Why? They, they why wanted, do we need to see them in college? They just wanted to make a college movie. Dumb. They wanted to make a college movie. So Who cares? Mike and Sully in college. I don't know. Stupid. That's a dumb concept. Dumb. Nobody needed that. Well, no, I don't think we really needed a Finding Nemo sequel either. But I do like the characters they created for Finding Nemo. I like the location of Finding Nemo too, Or Finding Dory. Yeah, I like that baby. I mean that baby. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. That baby? <laughs> there's this girl girl i went to high school with that never ever posted that she was having another baby until (laughs) she just posted now that she's almost due oh and you were like reading it so you were thinking about the baby yeah (laughs) Yeah, anyway i like that movie i mean there is a baby in fighting dory you see baby dory oh she's so cute oh yeah and then the sea show oh no we I, haven't I, finished it, but we were watching oh it. No, Alexander doesn't care about it. I've still never seen Chrissa cry harder at anything than the seashells oh in no. Finding Dory. I totally forgot about that scene. It is a good scene. What oh about, no. have you watched Monsters University recently, Nikki? Um, not recently, but we did watch it sometime last year. Hmm. Oh my god. Did you like it? I don't... <laughs> yeah, I like it. But what are you going with? I'm going with Finding Dory, though. Honestly, for that seashell scene alone. <laughs> Brady, I guess your vote doesn't really matter at this point, but what would you pick? I know you're a big Monsters, Inc. fan, so... I absolutely love Monsters, Inc., and I love the characters and everything in Monsters, Inc., but honestly, even when we did our top fives before... Dory was in my top five. Monsters University was not. So I am going to go with Dory because Monsters Dory, University. I'm just... Dory is by far a better movie. But again, I will always love Monsters, Inc. and its characters. And I like some of the new characters from Monsters University. But they just they don't do enough with that movie. Yeah, I, I think it's a fine movie. I don't think it, I don't think either of them need to exist. I think it's a fine movie but i do think finding dory is a better movie overall than monsters university uh so finding dory moves on it's gonna go up against toy story 3 sorry finding dory (laughs) uh but yeah so that's our pixar brackets for this week next week's brackets are looking well to me they're incredibly easy but we'll see when we get to them next week Let's just say Brave is one of them. <laughs> Let's just oh. say Brave is in the next next oh, week's bracket. So. Are you making something to post on? I have it written. Like... I have it written down, but I did the poll on Facebook for the first one. Oh, okay. I can make like an actual bracket and post it somewhere. Uh, but anyway, now that we have finished the bracket and the news, it's going to be a short episode because we are moving on to our featured film discussion. Okay, we have to eat dinner. And now, our feature presentation. 
This week, we are talking about Those Callaways, the 1965 film. They say you might be setting up a sanctuary. Who said that? Alf Symes. Alf's a good friend of mine. We were talking the other... It's not a secret or anything. <laughs> not if Alf Symes knows that it, it ain't. <laughs> Guess you're right. <laughs> where, um, where do they come in, Mr. Calloway? Oh, they come in uh, all over, some uh, over to Swiftwater, some of them out here. We're just going to get a few this year. The rest of them will come a long time. Well, I sure hope I'm in town when they come in this year. Something about the sound of these birds just... <laughs> well, you're welcome to come out here, mister, but there's no saying that they're going to come down. Well, didn't Alf tell me you could bring them down? Well, that might be next year, maybe. Why not this? Well, because it takes uh, a little bit of money to set things up, you know. Oh, money, huh? <laughs> money, money. <laughs> Money's always a problem, isn't it? Surely is. Well, maybe something good will turn up. Yep. Spoiler alert for those Callaways. Let's read the description from Disney+. Plus. Cam Calloway is a man with a dream to one day establish a sanctuary for the geese that fly overhead during their long migration. Unfortunately, Cam lacks the money to buy the necessary property until his son, Buck, embarks on a project that will guarantee success, unaware that greedy hunters are manipulating the Calloway family for their own selfish gains. Released in 1965, directed by Norman Tokar, starring Brian Keith, Vera Miles, Brandon DeWilde, Walter Brennan, Ed Wynn, Linda Evans, and others. There's a lot of people in this movie. A lot of characters. Those Calloways. This is exact. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's so funny how it says that it was like... That it came out in 1965, but whenever you click on anything, it says 1964. Oh, really? Yeah, like if you go to the Wikipedia. Oh, it does say. It says November 1964. It will say those Callaways 1965, but then when you click on it, it says 1964. Hmm. I wonder if it got it like a wide release. I don't know. I don't know. How, how do movies work in the 60s? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so those Callaways, this is exactly. This is exactly the kind of weird shit that I love seeing come up on this podcast. That said, this movie's very boring. Oh, it's so boring. And also a million hours long. Yeah, for no reason. It is unnecessarily long. Like, I'm not a snob when it comes to, like, movie length. Like, people complain these days that movies are too long, right? Because sometimes movies aren't. Sometimes movies are too long. Like, there are definitely movies that are released that are too long. But old movies also used to be incredibly long. Fucking Mary Poppins is, like, almost three hours long. All right. And Mary Poppins is a movie I love. I adore Mary Poppins. There are scenes you can cut out of Mary Poppins. This this movie is two hours and 11 minutes long. And I going into it. And was, you can cut two hours of it. No. <laughs> going into it, I was like, oh, well, maybe they use that two hours to their advantage. Maybe it needs two hours to tell the story. No, there's yeah. so many scenes in this movie you can just cut out. There's an entire like scene where the dog is just chasing a fucking raccoon. Just cut it out. Cut it out of the movie. Why is it there? I mean, I know why it's there. It's because the dog is going to get hurt in the next scene. They want you to care about the dog. And the dog has just been introduced. So we have to have a scene involving the dog so that when a tree falls on the dog, you care about the dog. But, like, when watching the movie the first time, I'm just like, why is there an extended sequence of a dog chasing a squirrel, chasing a raccoon? Like, what is this? What is this? I mean, I, I don't I didn't hate this movie. It's not a movie that really deserves ire. It doesn't deserve hate. Uh, there are things in it that I like just fine. But like overall, like it's just kind of a boring, slow movie about a family in the woods. Like, I'll tell you something. I never thought for two seconds that we would watch Hacksaw. And then I would watch another movie that made me like Hacksaw better. You liked Hacksaw better than, I mean, I guess. than this? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, if I'm going to make like a comparison... I think Hacksaw was more interesting. There was more stuff going on. Uh, I don't know. This one was this one was entertaining, literally specifically for things that it's like not to be, not meant to be entertaining for. Like the, the girl trying to jump on his dick. The whole movie <laughs> was pretty funny until the end when he physically assaults her. Assaulted her. Oh my god! I'm like watching that and I'm like, are you kidding me? And then he it's never. A different type. He, I know, but he never apologizes. He never says anything, and she's still trying to talk to him. And I'm just like, like their little like thing was funny because she was like so into him, and he's just so oblivious 
But then he gets mad because she's she, dancing with the guy. She danced and it's with like, another man. I don't know. I just, the whole thing, I just, it may, it put a sour taste in my mouth by the end of it because he's just an asshole. Um, I like Cam Calloway. I think that, you know, I, I respect a man who has a dream and wants to make it a reality and he didn't always make the best choices, but you know, he was willing to work hard for his goal. So, and he wanted to do it for like a noble reason. Like he wanted the geese to have somewhere to go or to stop. Geese don't really factor into this movie that much. They don't. Um, well, yeah, they do. Every the reason that the Callaways do anything is for the geese. At the beginning of the movie, yes, and then, and then towards the well, end no, of but the, the whole, movie, like, he buys the land. The whole like middle hour and a half of the movie is them going hunting for the furs, which is how they make their money. Fine, right. that's how they make their money. Yeah. Cam hurts himself. Then it's yeah. about Bucky going to find the furs. Yeah, and then yeah. Right. and then they get kicked out of their house. Because they have no money, because the furs aren't worth anything anymore. Then they are, there's a whole sequence of them building a house, and then the geese come back into it after that. Yeah, because because I mean, yeah. he gets the money. Like his dream is to buy the lake, right? So that they can have a sanctuary for the geese. Because he is a he was raised by Native Americans. The Mick. The, I thought that they didn't they say that he was half Native American. No, he. It's no, a, he just raved like that. Raised yeah. like that. He was raised by the oh. Micmac Indians. Micmacs are an actual Indian. I swear Indian. that in the movie they said that he's half Indian. No, they he says that he was he's Irish. They say that he was he's, raised by. Uh, Indian. Yeah, and then the Indian guy says he's half Irish, half no, Indian. No, they say he's got Indian blood in him now because he gets the blood transfusion from the Native American guy. I really think that he's half. No, I it swear says, they it said literally he's half. says right here, Irish extraction raised by the Micmac Indians. Uh. Okay. He was raised. He was raised by Native Americans. Anyway, so, and their totem is the wild goose. So he's got like a thing for the wild geese. He respects the wild geese. He wants to keep them protected. The whole idea is that the town, this guy, this rich guy, rolls into town. He like sees the geese. He wants to turn it into a hunting place for the geese. But Callaway wants to buy the lake for the geese. That's that is established at the beginning of the movie, but then it just kind of disappears until the end of the movie when he finally buys the lake. The whole rest of the movie is about them getting furs to raise money. And, like, we know that he wants to use that money to buy the lake, but also they in they introduce the idea that they could get kicked off of their land at any moment. So we know that he also has to be able to afford his house. Right. So, like, it's kind of... The geese really only factor into the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes. The other hour and a half of the movie is not about the geese at all. Well, but, I mean... It's called those Callaways. It's yeah, it's about, about the Callaways. It's, Cal about it's about the, the Callaways, and I do like the Callaways. I think, I, I, I think, I think all of them are developed pretty well. Yeah, I think Cam is an interesting character. I think Bucky is my favorite. Part. A jerk. <laughs> I think uh, the wife Liddy, she deserves better. <laughs> yeah, uh, my favorite part about this whole movie is when the guy comes to claim their rent or whatever, and. Um, he says, shut it, like, this isn't time for women talk back or whatever. And then uh, Cam goes, he's like, if you want to come out of here standing, you better apologize. Like, I was like, good for him. Because I, cause I swear I thought that the next thing after that was going to be him saying, like, yeah, stay out of it. But oh, he respects his wife. Yeah. yeah. There's that scene where he's talking to her and he's like, why did you stay with me? Why did you put me? Yeah. Why did you put yourself through this? And like, I think it's supposed to be like a sweet scene because she says something sweet after that. But like, it really sounds to me like he feels bad that she has to live he this life. To feel bad for her. Let her go, dude. It's funny too because when they get the new property, when they she's build like, "Can you fucking build me a house already?" Like, goddamn. I loved that. I like that she stands up for what she wants because, like. She's pissed that he spent the only money that they got yeah. on the lake, his dream. And she's mad about it because they're not going to have a house anymore. But then she like turns around and says, you know what? You and Bucky, you both got two hands, right? Yeah, you build, build me house. a fucking house. You're going to build me a house on that land that you bought. Uh, and then they do. They build a house. There's a whole sequence. There's a house building montage in this movie. Yeah. And then a dance and... Well, the beginning of the movie, the credits say that there's like songs by the Sherman Brothers, and I'm like, oh, is this a musical? I didn't know that, but it's not. It's just those two songs at the at the dance when the villagers first show up to help them build build the house, which seemed a little out of nowhere because like 
most of the movie, anytime we cut back to the villagers, they're like talking shit. Yeah, about half the of them are talking shit about the Calloways. Half of them seem to like them, the other half seem to not like them at all. Uh, but then they all just show up to help them build a house because <laughs> this movie needs to move. We need to get a house built, and we can't we can't spend too long with the two boys building it. Uh, but then there's just yeah, they show up singing a song, and then they sing a song when the house is built, and uh, those are the Sherman Brothers songs that they wrote for those two songs. Not uh, not some of their best work. <laughs> Uh, the one, the interesting thing, the thing that I find, or rather the thing that I find interesting about this movie is this, it was released in 1964 or 1965. Walt Disney would have still been alive. He died 66? 66. Yeah. Okay. So this movie was produced by Walt Disney. It was released in the time of Walt Disney. And there's... The way that Cam acts in this movie, he's very, like, anti... He's kind of, like, anti-government. He's kind of, like, anti, like, money. He's kind of, like, anti, like, rent. Like, he's really, like... There's a lot of things that he says that, like, suggest this sort of, like, progressive sort of, like... I think that... I think that he could be progressive at times. Yeah. But I'm saying that that doesn't seem very Walt Disney. <laughs> like Walt Disney. I feel like sometimes he was. I feel like he was. He was progressive in times where he felt like it benefited him. I know, but Walt and Dis- where he was headed. I know, but Walt Disney. All of the like he live action. The first, I mean, Song of the South isn't a movie that we all the watch, but he was still the first person to hire a black actor in one of his movies. I don't think he was the first person to ever hire a black. actor. I thought he was. I don't think that's true. Are you sure? I remember hearing that. No, I don't think that's true. Something about the Academy Awards. I don't remember. Something he, he didn't go. I don't know. He won an honorary Academy Award. The guy in Song of the South. Are you sure? Yes. That's what I'm saying. It, it, when it benefited him, he was progressive. What the fuck? Oh, Son of the South. I... <laughs> what is that? Yeah. He won an honorary Academy Award for his performance as Uncle Raymond. But it doesn't say anything about it being the first. Anyway. My point wasn't, it wasn't about Walt Disney being progressive in terms of that. I'm saying that most of Walt Disney's, the live action films released under Walt Disney were about like wealthier people. Even Song of the South is about like a rich white family that has slaves. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of the problem with that movie. But like Mary Poppins, yeah, they're wealthy. Yeah. He, they, he literally released a movie called The Happiest Millionaire, which is about a millionaire. Like, Wasn't he alive when that dumb dog movie was released, though? Which one? The dumb dog the Shaggy movie. dog? No. Old, old, old Yeller. Old Yeller? Yeah. They were poor. He, they were. He's also very American, and he loves, like, the American ideals. But I'm saying that Walt Disney doesn't often play with the idea of, like standing up for like rent and like the government and stuff like like standing up against it and it's just well, I, it some of the ideals in this movie just seem to contradict what i know about walt disney that's all that's the only thing that i noticed in this movie maybe he wasn't like that maybe he didn't care maybe he had nothing to do with this movie he just signed his name on it i don't know but i just that was something i noticed and thought was interesting about cam calloway why does bucky climb into that tree stump to get his ass mauled by a wolverine why does he do that he's an idiot why does, he's an idiot. Why does he do that that he's whole time i'm watching that scene i'm just like all of this could have been avoided if you just didn't right if you just didn't climb in there like he's mad that the wolverine killed all of the minks because he wanted their fur but like wolverines are vicious little bastards <laughs> and also he climbed he... sorry go on no, I was just going to say, he chopped up that poor little... The Wolverine? Yeah. Yeah. But he climbs into the big pile of trees, and not only does he get himself hurt, he gets the dog hurt, and it's... For what? For okay. what, dude? God. I hated that scene, because, like, it went on forever. Like most of the scenes in this movie, it just dragged on forever. And it was so unnecessary. He had no reason yeah. to go in there to chase after that thing. No reason. It wasn't harming him anymore. Just... Ugh. Ugh. Uh, being as this is an old Disney movie about animals, uh, I don't like any time they use animals. There's a bear in this movie because for some reason they fucking loved using bears. They have a pet bear. It's their pet. Kind of. Mom doesn't seem to like the bear. But like they wrestle with the bear. Well, because the bear's home with her mostly. So. Why Why is there a bear? Why were people messing with bears? There were bears in Old Yeller too that they messed around with. Why were people messing around with bears back in movies in the 1950s and 60s? I need to know. Like, why was a bear in the movie? Like, 
they hired this bear to be in this movie for two minutes. That bear is barely in this movie. That bear plays no role. They also and then a- it goes, it goes into hibernation and then it comes back. Yes, and then that's it. And then it disappears. It goes into the woods. We never see it again. They actually move before <laughs> that bear doesn't even know where they live anymore. They also have a crow. The crow is irrelevant to the plot, but they have one. They have all kinds of pets. They just have three. They have the bear, the crow, and the dog. Oh. And a lot of geese. Maybe uh, that's just show their connection to Native American heritage. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And also, like, there's a lot of footage of geese in this movie. And, like, there's footage of geese, like, being shot out of the sky. And I just, I hope that that is stock footage and that Disney did not shoot geese out of the sky. Although I'm not holding my breath. Oh, I hope so. Isn't this the same company that, like, literally killed a bunch of... You're talking about the lim- the limmings that they pushed off yeah. the edge? Yes. And um, speaking of the goose footage, other than the very end when they show the geese, like, in the burnt-down cornfield, um, it's very obvious to me that the geese footage is not... Like, they filmed that either later or before, or it's stock footage, like I said, and they, like, edited it into the movie. Uh, because there are times when this movie looks really, really good, and I don't understand how... I think it's because it was filmed on film and film just transfers better. Like Mary Poppins looked really great too. I don't understand how some of these old movies like look, they look, they look really fantastic on Disney plus in like HD. Uh, But then there are scenes where it's clear that they edited in forest footage or the footage of the geese or whatever after the fact. And they're like, the actors are like standing in front of it. And like, there's a clear dip in quality. Like you can tell they were like pasted into the frame. And back then you had to like cut frames and like put, so like, it's a little rough, uh, and it's really jarring when, because sometimes it'll happen in scenes where I don't understand why it's, they'll be walking through the forest, like, they'll be, like, next to a creek or whatever, and, like, the scene looks really good because it's clear that they're there, and then it'll cut to a close-up of them talking, and they're in the same forest, the same creek, but it's clear that they're, like, they filmed it, like, at a different time and just edited the background in later. And it doesn't look as good as the scene that literally played two seconds ago in the same location. It's very weird. Uh, but it's especially true anytime the geese are on screen with the actors at the same time. Because it's very clear that they edited the geese in afterwards. And it just doesn't look, it doesn't look great. And there's moments like that in Mary Poppins as well. Mary Poppins obviously uses a lot of animation and a Maybe lot that, of... That's why this movie is less about the geese. Probably. Uh, it's probably too hard to get all the geese there. Uh, and, um, man, they they really lit that cornfield on fire. I couldn't... I couldn't believe that. Uh, but the geese still showed up anyway, so whatever. Was he supposed to be, like, a drunk? Was he an alcoholic? I don't know. Yes. Because he, like, would get drunk a few times, and there was a few moments like that where the wife was, I like... I mean, it was the fucking... 20s? Whatever. They the 20s. didn't have much to do. I know, but, like... Are we supposed to like him if he's... We're not supposed to like him as a drunk. He's gone through a lot, so... I know, he breaks his leg. I don't blame him. And he's, like, recovering. And then he gets shot. Oh, yeah! I didn't see the movie going that way. This movie has a lot of... totally would have died. This movie has a lot of moments that I didn't expect. Like, first of all, it opens with, like, Bucky getting his ass kicked. Like, within the first ten minutes of this movie... Yeah. There's a fight that goes on forever where Bucky gets just destroyed he just gets his ass kicked and then later in the movie he kicks that guy's ass he kicks that guy's ass back and that scene goes on forever cam breaks his leg because a tree falls on it the dog gets hurt because a tree falls on the dog cam gets shot at the end because he's trying to save the geese and like that scene is funny because it's like a really dramatic scene because our main character just you know is about to die basically but, like, the stupid rich guys that are, like, acting like they're shooting the geese, they're, it's very clear that they don't know how to hunt because they're, like, waving the guns all over the place and they're just going back and forth and, like, shooting, like, oh, this is the best ever. And it's just, like, you guys wouldn't have shot anything. Like, I don't believe that you would have even shot Cam the way they're comedically <laughs> waving the guns around. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't see him getting shot. Like, I didn't see that either. Obviously, he, there had to be some sort of, like, uh, tipping point so that the town was on their side and all that stuff yeah that's what changes it is that he almost dies and they're like the whole town signed a petition to the government to get your geese sanctuary so obviously he lives mm-hmm. but uh for a moment it looks like he's not going to yeah so really dramatic ending i was kind of surprised honestly but uh i don't know i like the ending yeah it's fine he got shot to protect his geese 
I don't know. It's just, it's so long. It's kind of boring. <laughs> it's too long. Like, it's way too long. I mean, the characters are somewhat interesting, but, like, not interesting enough to carry on for two hours. So, I don't know. I would not recommend anyone watch this movie. <laughs> Unless you're into this kind of stuff, but... Oh, were people into this in the 60s? Was this the kind of movie I people mean, wanted to watch? I, feel like I guess. If this is the only thing that was in the theaters. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, so. isn't this during the time where, well, the 60s, I don't know. I don't know how prevalent movie theaters were in the 60s, but. I mean, that was the only way you could watch movies because home media didn't exist oh, okay, yet. Okay, yeah. See, so, I mean, I guess if that's what they were playing, that's what you were watching. <laughs> you didn't really have much of a choice, you know? Uh, I don't know. I... It's not like today where there's fucking 20,000 bajillion choices and content right including this so i wouldn't watch this if i was anyone i mean i'm oh. glad i watched it like it's a Are weird you? it's a weird piece of like disney ephemera i love oh. that stuff i've never heard of this movie before it's based on a book i, I i'm glad i watched it but like i don't ever want to watch it again i don't ever now. need it. i don't ever need to watch it again i don't know who this movie is for i don't know who this movie appeals to now in 2022 unless you're like a disney weirdo who just wants to watch every disney movie in which case if you like old movies like old way yeller this is a better old yeller i think old yeller no i think old yeller is a better movie than this then you think old yeller old yeller the relationship between the boy and the dog is more believable than i don't don't understand it's that was like one of the worst movies i've ever seen I think the relationship between the boy and his dog is more interesting than the relationship between Cam and his geese. No. I think so. I think so, too. Geese any day. Old Yeller. Mom thought it was Old Yeller. She's like, you're watching Old Yeller again? Yes, Mom. I love Old Yeller, okay? It's my new favorite movie. I'm going to watch it once a week. You got a problem, Mom? I think I would would watch Old Yeller before this, but I don't know that I'm going to go back to Old Yeller anytime soon, either. It's an old, depressing movie. I want a divorce if you do. If I watch Old Yeller again? My weekly old yeller screening. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't have a lot to say about this movie. I, I don't have anything else. It's to say. two hours and fifteen minutes long, and yet I feel like I only have ten minutes worth of stuff to say because that's what it feels like. What happens is ten minutes worth of stuff. Yeah, I like the characters. That's it. That's fine. Yeah. If you don't have anything else to say, I like to say. what? Said so if you don't have anything else to say, you don't have anything else to say. Not every movie is going to invoke passion. From us. Or an hour's worth of conversation. They can't all be the little mermaid. I think, I think my favorite part of the whole movie was um, when they gave the mom the vest. Oh, the the, the cape, the mink. Oh my god, she took 20 yeah. fucking minutes to open that present. She did, but I liked her response of like, it's, uh, I, I have to wait a whole year before I get another present. That's I ha- sad. I have to cherish it. It was the that's, 20s and they didn't have any money. That's sad. They couldn't even pay their rent. God. One present a year? Yeah. Torture. Yeah. I like how she was like, I don't want to open it if you guys can't open yours. And they're like, we know they're sweaters. Just open your present. We've been wearing them for two weeks. <laughs> that is a that is a nice scene. Because she's like, she gets really emotional about it. And like, they're so stupid that they're like, oh, no, she doesn't like it. <laughs> the guy's like, don't you know happy crying when you see it? That is a good scene. I like the mom a lot. I think she's great. I think she deserves better. I think she deserves better than these two men that she's stuck with in this movie. Um, but I like that she stands up for herself. I like that when she's that at the end when she's like telling him to go like plant his corn or whatever and she's like he's gonna pour like a drink. She's like pour me one too. And then he pours it in the yeah. It's good. It's good. I like the leads. Uh, but I guess that's it. I guess that's all I got. Okay. So I guess we'll end it since nobody has anything to say. Uh, those Callaways, a plus or a bust, Brady? I'm giving it a bust. Oh, what? Definitely not what I was expecting it to be. What did you expect it to be? More geese. Oh. More geese. I was expecting it to be hacksaw, but geese. <laughs> One of those Disney nature documentaries, basically. Basically, yeah. I thought I also thought it was going to be a little bit more racist. Oh yeah, there is a content warning for like stereotypes. Yeah. They didn't. There wasn't anything that I thought was bad, but I mean, I guess 
Like, they portrayed the Native American guy, mm-hmm. but, like, he was wearing, like... Just normal clothes? No, yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of is, like, I don't know... Is the guy who played him, is he actually Native American? Or was he just playing a Native mm. American? That, I don't know. Um, and they... they sp- they speak in like a Native American language every once in a while, and like the Micmac tribe is a real tribe. I don't know that the language they're speaking is like a real language, or if they made it up. And every once in a while, like one of the side characters will say something like about him being like related to Indians or whatever, like and like the thing about like, well, now there's Indian blood in you. So like, those are the only things I can think of. But like, I, it, none of it seemed cartoonish no. to me. It didn't, didn't. seem. Like it's not. We're not talking like Peter Pan, right? Where they call them like the Red Man. Like it's, I don't know. It didn't seem offensive to me. I think they're just covering their asses yeah, by like putting maybe. that in front of there. And maybe something in there is really offensive. Maybe Native American watch this movie and be one line is like really offensive. I don't know, but I it didn't seem. From what I can tell, it didn't seem uh, particularly offensive. But I am a dumb white man, so what do I know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Nikki, would you give it a plus or a bust? I'm giving it a bust. Wow. Dang. Chris, I know your answer, but would you give it a plus or a bust? I'm giving it a bust. What? Why? Isn't it your favorite movie we've ever watched? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm also going to give it a bust. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I think there's some good performances in it. neutral. But, like, it's too long, and it I just don't see long. what anybody would get out of this, really, Yeah. in this day and age. Like... Again, if you're like a Disney weirdo and you really want to watch it, go for it. But otherwise, I don't think I would recommend I'm it. I'm not ready. But we are going to decide what our next movie is for next week. Next week, our 75th episode. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So next week, we're going to watch a movie. And old we're... Yeller 2. Uh, there is an Old Yeller 2. It is not on Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah. <laughs> So we'll watch a movie and we'll get to say what our five favorite and five worst movies of the last 25 are. Uh, oh, shit. That we, means I got to think. We watched a lot of good movies within the last 25 movies. Yeah. Zootopia, Encanto, Empire Strikes Back, oh, Turning Red. Encanto's garbage. Yeah. I don't know. We watched a lot of good ones. Maybe Encanto doesn't make the five. I don't know. I actually think it's harder to pick the worst of the last 25 that we watched than it is. I know what the absolute worst that we watched of the last 25 is. This. No. No. What was it? What was it? Oh, well, we watched my favorite movie of all time in the last 25. So, or my second favorite movie of all time. What's that? So, uh. Doctor Strange? Really? No. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. What did we watch in the last twenty-five? That hold on, let me look. I'll I'll figure it out. Hold on. You know it. Your second favorite. One of yours too. He's talking about Empire. Are you talking it? about Empire Strikes Back? I said Empire Strikes Back. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, the little. Oh no, the Little Mermaid was in the last one. Also, the guy who did play the Native American character is not Native American. Yeah. See, so that's offensive. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. Yeah. It's hard enough just within the first six episodes. Empire Strikes Back, Muppets, uh, Mansion, Mr. Boogity, Zootopia, and Jungle Cruise, man. It's good shit. Yeah, it's a, it was a good... This is John Cheese. By the way, this is the word. Yeah, Eternals. Yeah, we watched a lot of good ones. Your well, guys' internet... I know what your it is. Your guys' internet is really shitty right now. You guys are really choppy. Yeah. yeah he was, like, bad. speaking really fast. Well, you're choppy, too. Wait, what? It, no, this is not the worst one, Matt. I know that. It keeps going in and out. What do you think is... What did you mean is not the worst one? Those Callaways? Yeah, this those Callaways is not the worst one in your opinion. Don't even say it is. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's because the Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted <laughs> Christmas is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the worst one. Maybe the worst movie we've watched, period. Wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's bad. Live action movie. No, I do hate that one, but I don't even know that I would say that's the worst one. I would say maybe the worst one we watched so far is probably Return to Neverland. I think that oh, might be yeah, the worst movie we've watched yeah, so far. That one is probably the worst. That movie, that movie is bad. Yeah, that one. And... I don't remember what it is about it that I liked when I was little, but I'm like watching it and I'm like, this is. Oh, Thumbelina's on here? I love that movie. 
DCOM. Oh, no. <laughs> We've watched all these movies already! What? We got Cars 2! Ew! For our random we movie. Watch... We haven't watched Cars 2. But we've watched the other two! How do we keep getting Cars movies of all the Pixar movies? That's what he I, Nikki, yeah, you really Nick cut off it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what you said at all, Nikki. Cars oh, 2. I oh, just, that's what he... Okay, bye. <laughs> bye, Nikki. You just, uh, you, you cut out. I think she just left. Oh. Did you left? Well, yeah, anyway, in the middle of that conversation, I hit the random button and we got Cars 2, which means we will have watched all three Cars movies within the first 100 episodes of this podcast. Also, we have the first seventy-five episodes. Also, we have a late contender for that worst of list. (laughs) (laughs) Oh golly, we've watched like what, like seven Pixar movies and Cars two, Cars one, two, and three are gonna be in it. Uh, Let's see, this is another four. I have issues all day. Yeah, I'm gonna end it in a second, but I'm just complaining about how. Within the first 75 episodes, we will have watched five. all three cards. Movies. So far, I'm up to five, six. Not not counting Cars 2, we will have watched six Pixar movies. Or counting Cars, Cars 2. Cars 2 is our sixth. We've done, and then it'll be the Cars red, series, uh, Red, Luca, and Soul. So it's the three Netflix and the three Cars. The three newest ones, and then the three Cars movies will have been the only Pixar movies. Not Netflix, Disney Plus. Only That's Pixar movies we've watched. For this, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, great. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Plus or Bust, a Disney podcast. If you liked it, be sure to like, subscribe, five star review, follow, whatever it is you do on your various podcast apps. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Plus or Bust. Join our Facebook group, Facebook.com/slash/group/slash. Disney Plus or Bust, send us an email. Any questions, comments, concerns, inquiries, Disney Plus or Bust at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, all the links to those things are in the description below. We will see you. Uh, we will see you next week with our best and worst of the last 25 brackets, number five and six for our Pixar bracket, and the final Cars movie that we ever have to talk about, presumably, until we get planes, if that counts. Cars 2. Planes and Planes 2. <sighs> Ka-chow. Ka-chow. <laughs> Bye. Bye.